Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to Team Success. I am excited, but especially today, because I get to talk to my friend, client, U.S. implementer, Ted Bradshaw, who's written a really phenomenal book called Stop Chasing Squirrels. And I think this is fun because as someone who is ADHD, (laughs) squirrel is actually part of our lingo. (laughs) at Strategic Coach. But I am really excited, Ted, to talk about your phenomenal new book, which has such a great message for, as you say, high-achieving entrepreneurs, and I would say leaders as well. And we're going to talk about the six essentials to find your purpose, focus, and flow. But before we jump into that, you'll do a much better job introducing yourself than I will. So I want to know a little bit about you, and then we'll get into why you wrote the book, because I think this is also a bit of a personal story for you as well. So who is Ted? What do we know about you? Well, that it is, Shannon. And first of all, thanks for having me here. And thanks for our pre-show absolute belly laughs. That was awesome. And what a way to start. So thank you. It's so good to be with you. And yeah, so a lot of this is in the book. You're right. It was a, a little bit of a, for me, therapeutic in some ways to share some of my story, I guess. But I started from somewhat above average beginnings. And this kind of comes through a little bit in the book on these trials and tribulations. But we were from Toronto, so you know it well. Middle, upper class family that, you know, the swimming pool, et cetera, the vacations and all the rest of it. And then we lost it all. So it was bankruptcy. There was, it was not good. So this was somewhere between the ages of 8 and 12. And mm-hmm. so parents divorced. That was tricky. So skipping between all of those years and all the things that happened, I found myself going to school for business yeah. because I'd always been you know, pulled to it. Early 90s, graduated, couldn't really find a job. The recession was raging, yes. raging. I took a 100% commission sales job selling alarm systems that involved scaring the crap out of people. And I lasted two weeks and sold nothing. Okay. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, after that, Xerox lifted a hiring freeze that they were having. So I started there, moved on to IBM, loved the structure, loved the development, loved the training, did not love the bureaucracy. So I started my first business at the same time Xerox was almost ready to file for Chapter 11. They were somewhat desperate. And so they were kind of giving away distributorships. And the one they were giving away in Alberta was failing. So myself and a couple of partners acquired the rights to do that in Edmonton and Calgary. And that started me off on my entrepreneurial career. My role, and I didn't know it at the time, but I do now, the visionary of our organization. So it was up to me to diversify the business because we figured paper had about a 10-year shelf life left on it. This was 25 years ago, so it's still... That prophecy hasn't happened yet. But I managed to start four other businesses along the way. So serial entrepreneur with now my EOS business, I guess, is my sixth business. And if I include that one, I'll call it four success stories and two learning opportunities. And here we are. (laughs) I love that. It'd be so fun just to delve into all of the experiences. But just a quick question. You know, it's riches to rags kind of story for your family. Did that kind of solidify either your drive, your values? How did that impact you? I'm curious. From the perspective of now looking back, because I'm sure at the time, not a similar story, but a disruptive story in my own childhood. How do you think that impacted you? 
Yeah. Fortunately, I had a, an unknown mentor. He would have been unknown at the time. It was my uncle. So our family life was fairly disrupted. The vices that can bring down a lot of families. And I always look to his family as being one that he seemed to have it together. He was stable. He did really well in business, but just a great dad, great uncle. So I had this person to look to, and I knew that's what I wanted for my life. And so I think because seeing a role model emulate just from a distance, quite frankly, mm-hmm. that I think on the one hand, I saw the ugly side of things that can happen, but I also saw the beautiful side of it and choosing beautiful definitely was a big part of where I wanted to be. Mm, I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing that. That's a cool thing to know. And I think sometimes just even having that one better picture, that one ideal or that one representative of how you want life to be like is very validating because you have a model to pursue, Yes, which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So in these six businesses, and you've evolved <laughs> your own personal self through that. So let's talk about Stop Chasing Squirrels and what had you write the book? What do you want to accomplish with this book? So I had always had writing a book as one of my things I wanted to do. I originally was a very narcissistic approach to it. I literally was thinking I'm going to title my book, Ted, and it's going to be somewhat of an autobiography and lots of people will be interested in that. <laughs> so I figured, no, let's just come up with a pseudonym and it's not called Ted, but it's still an autobiography. No. What really motivated me to get my thoughts down on paper was my own journey of all of that. And this does go back to, I think, childhood, Shannon, and that, you know, wanting something more. Mm-hmm. I always considered myself to be a very driven individual. And I also found that that drive would lead to successes that would be fleeting mm-hmm. and not lasting. And it just seemed that, okay, check the box. What's the next level? What's the next box to check? And I just didn't feel like I was being very successful, you know, even though by a lot of measures, I guess I was. And when I started to do the work with EOS, I started to get a glimpse into other entrepreneurs, really their inner sanctums, not just what gets projected, what you see from the outside, even employees in the organization don't see necessarily what's going on with the entrepreneur or the leadership team. So I started to really see that I wasn't alone in this thinking. And these were very successful people. And so I was going, well, hold on a second. That is the definition of success. A lot of the, we'll try to build a business, build value in the business, provide employment for people, maybe potentially have an exit one day or or whatever it's going to be. I would see these owners achieve those things. And still, if they were really honest, which they often are, they're still unfulfilled, Mm -hmm. which absolutely just blew me away to see these successful people not fulfilled and still with their insecurities and everything else that goes with that. Mm -hmm. So I went through that journey myself. And I think because I found a way to truly feel successful, not just check the boxes on it, Mm -hmm. I thought I had something to share with people much, much more successful than I am. But maybe this one little thing that I had had some positive experiences with could help them. So that's where it 
came from. Thank you. I appreciate that. There's something interesting about external success versus internal success. And there's something very disorienting about having the external successes, the money, the cars, the schools for your kids, the vacations, all the things, but not feeling it on the inside. And there's something a little bit feels like, am I missing something sometimes? Shouldn't I be happier? It's very much as in coach, we call it the gap. Yes. Because you're missing something inside. And this book is kind of incredible. It's almost like a, I don't want to say a care package for high achievers, but it kind of is, right? It's all the things to how to do a lot of self-awareness so that you can actually be fulfilled. And being fulfilled is something all of us want. I don't think it's anything odd to want that, but we can get very trapped by the outside. And another strategic coach thing comes to mind, which is you can be really excellent at something with excellence. And we do call it the excellent trap in our unique ability book. Mm -hmm. It's like you have teamwork, you've got reputation, you often get rewarded in a whole bunch of ways. People are like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing. But inside there's no passion. And it isn't until you get to unique ability where you have superior skill and passion, and that's where fulfillment comes from. So it's interesting. As, as I was reading the book, I'm like, hmm, sounds like excellent trap to me. Is mm-hmm. And how do you break out of that is so challenging. And your book, to my mind, is like step-by-step way in which to do it, which is so powerful. So let's talk about Stop Chasing Squirrels. What are squirrels and why should we stop chasing them? Yeah. Well, Shannon, I'm looking at your 3295 Colby right now. So pretty much you've probably in the last 30 seconds, you've observed squirrels in your brain uh, at least a couple of times. So the saying has been around, you know, a dog, there's a squirrel jumps over the hedge and right away, and then another one darts out and the dog's running around in circles. And I literally saw this happen with my son, Spencer. I think he was seven years old at the time. We were in our backyard and he was really focused on something. And, he's, and he can get really focused. And he was, whatever it was, some sport he was playing or something, he's running after the ball and a squirrel darts out from underneath the hedge. And I kid you not, Shannon, he literally stopped chasing the ball, right? And went after this squirrel. And it's like, oh, look at that. And then another one, and it stopped him in his tracks and it paralyzed him. Right. Right. <laughs> so the friend he was playing with, of course, was able to take the ball and they might have been playing soccer and then scored, right? On Spencer. And it all happened because he got distracted. Right. And I looked at that and I said, Spencer's a competitive kid. He recently did Strengths Finders and it was like dialed in on all the things like winning and all the rest of it. So you can be really competitive. You can be really capable. You can be really capable of focusing. But if we let ourselves chase the next shiny object because we have these ideas and are constantly thinking it could be better. And I think that's part of the nature of, as we were describing earlier, I reached this goal and now what? Yeah. There's always this thing and, and strategic coach, it is your future is brighter than your past. Mm-hmm. And I love that. But even in that, that's telling you, okay, it's going to be brighter. Where's the bright object that's going to get me there? Right. So we can fall prey innocently and we just have to be careful because we can't chase every opportunity that comes our way. I mean, we could, but we aren't necessarily going to be as successful as we could be if we focus. Right. Just another interesting thought I just had talking to you about this. You know, as someone who, nine quick start, two follow-throughs, so there's no breaks on, 
<laughs> what is that helicopter? Yeah. Oh, Ferrari engine with bicycle brakes. That's <laughs> 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 a great description for ADHD. That's pretty good. And I come by it naturally, which is totally fine for me. And I actually do think it is a bit of a superpower because hyperfocus is another actual capacity. Most people don't know that. Mm. These are hunting instincts. Mm -hmm. We just happen to live mm. in a farmer's world. So how do you harness these talents and instincts in a way that will serve you as opposed to not? Because when sometimes we pursue all these opportunities, and this kind of ties to your mindset you talked about earlier, it's like we, we're actually coming from scarcity. We're coming from this one isn't enough. This isn't good enough. This one's going to be the one. Right? As opposed to recognizing there's abundance of opportunities. There's an abundance of things that we yeah. can do how can we actually make a decision to make that decision right? Right? How can yeah. we lock into that? Which is, I hadn't actually thought about before you talked. But there's a shift in this book is very much helping people get a shift in mindset out of that stop chasing squirrel mentality into let's focus on what you've already got and how to make that work. Yeah. And Shannon, I think that the wonderful thing is we can still be successful in a variety of fields. Yeah. We can still have these possibilities and abundance mindedness and absolutely what we can often lack though is a filter to make those choices nice yeah yes. so i i think that's if we can figure that out sooner we'll have a bigger impact on the world mm -hmm. there's an expression that i just loved it's not too far into the book because when you pursue things in pursuit of success and you're just wanting to kind of get those financial wins or status wins or whatever they are, you said, instead of going dark inside, I do what brightens my soul, mm -hmm. which is such a beautiful expression of you're not compromising yourself in that pursuit of success. You're actually doing things that brighten you, that enlighten you, which is to my mind, very exciting, but you have to have those filters in order to have that be even a possibility. So that to me is very inspiring for someone who feels kind of trapped by the things that we were talking about. Yeah. And thank you very much. I appreciate that. And even hearing it, Shannon, I, I love hearing it back. I, I think that comes from a long time of me not living in that place, not living in that space. And interestingly enough, I have a wonderful marriage. So when you look at that, it, that is fulfilling. And I have great kids and a great support network and great friends. And I think that's also where it gets a little scary too, or at least it did for me, because if you've got all of these and you're still not feeling that light, that can freak you out yeah. because you're doing all the things that you should be doing. Right. So that was a real, I mean, at least doing, it's in the book, it led to some panic attacks mm -hmm. that overwhelm you know, and so without a compass to really give us an idea of where could we be spending some time? Because I think so much of us, we can go through life not seeing it and we just resign it to, I guess it's just supposed to be hard. Right? We hear life's not supposed to be fair. We hear these things, life's supposed to be hard. I mean, yes, there's unfortunate events, but it doesn't need to be as hard as it often is. Mm -hmm. So you really provide my estimation, a pathway for people to kind of find their purpose and make it easier, not harder, and to get out of that sort of 
pressure unfulfilled to the point where for you it resulted in panic attacks. Yeah. Your body had to tell you yes. that this path wasn't working, that it gave you the two by four to the head. Sort of like that. Yeah. <laughs> it sure did. It. Yeah, like, it sure did. And that's terrifying. Sure you think you yep. could die and yes. float in your chest and all the things. Yes. So let's talk about the pathway. I love who your audience is. It's not for people who aren't striving hard, who aren't working hard. It's for people who are, in fact, high achievers, mm -hmm. who are just feeling this lack of fulfillment, put it that way. So I think you do a great job of speaking to that because it's been your own experience, right? What is the yeah. hard-driving person, how they recalibrate a little bit? Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about the temperature check because first okay. it's a great acronym. <laughs> and let's talk about that because there's so much to talk about. We're only going to cover a little bit of it because... You need to go read the book again, Stop Chasing Squirrels. But let's talk about the temperature check because I find that brilliant. I love it. Okay. All right. Well, just putting it in context. So the way I tried to structure the book is when we look at ourselves and our time, there's our past, there's our present, and then there's our future. Mm -hmm. And the temperature check comes into the present. The temperature check is a byproduct of things from the past. And so what I do in us acknowledging the things that have shaped us. So I think that's step one is looking at our past, what shaped us. So for example, the driver mentality that I mentioned, why is that there? And so for me, one of the drivers was fear. My kids are not going to live the life that I lived. Yeah. There was a fear there that was driving me to you know do what I did. So in the book, there's some exercises to go through to get clear on, okay, what has led to where I am today and acknowledge them, not to try to push them away because they're in our fiber, but to acknowledge them. Because if we can acknowledge that maybe fear assisted me in persevering at times when I otherwise would have given up, there comes a time when the pendulum swings and fear doesn't serve. Mm -hmm. So what it allows me to do now is just take a look and say, is this fear now that's influencing my decision. So because I'm aware of it, I can make a different decision, hopefully. Nice. So the temperature check is about where we are right now. And so there is some of the unique ability aspects in this for sure, Shannon. And really taking a look at, to try to keep it as simple as possible, really looking at our talents. So that's the T. And <laughs> I'm taking my 22-year-old Spencer through a Spencer, what's your talents? And I see now you're pretty good at those things, but you know, I wouldn't define that as a talent. It literally, and this can take some hard work, literally you are among the best in the world at it. Mm -hmm. Now that's not an easy thing to come up with. And there's likely only one or two or three things that fit in that category. Mm -hmm. So there's some examples of what those might be in the book, but we got to dig a little bit to get to that. So that's the talent. So let's get clear. And that's acknowledging that our uniqueness, there is some, you're born with it. Nice. Like it just is, you're born with it. So acknowledge it. You may be doing nothing related to it right now, but nonetheless, the E in temperature check is experiences. So this is taking a look at what has shaped and molded you. So looking at education, which subjects did you really enjoy? What did you love? And again, you may not be doing anything with math right now, but if it was consistently the top course or subject that you ever took, we should acknowledge that. Your vocation, what did you love to do? I can look at every single job I've ever had from a paper boy in Toronto 
and the value that that brought me and what I loved about it to even that alarm system, you know, the scare the crap out of people. I can pick things from those vocational experiences that to this very day, they are helping me do what I do. So acknowledging those, your family. So we can't ignore it, good, bad, or otherwise, you know, the positive mentorship of my uncle, the negative reinforcement from my father, quite frankly. And so I acknowledge those things. And I know that resilience has come from some of those negative experiences. So those experiences in our life that have shaped us, it's really important to take an inventory on those. The M is motivation. This one can be a little bit soul-searching. And we have to be honest with ourselves. What are we motivated by? Mm-hmm. And really be honest about it. And sometimes these are those things that we don't speak, mm-hmm. but it's in there. So are we motivated by, do we want to be number one? Are we motivated by money? Are we motivated by you know, number of likes on Instagram? And then getting to the deeper why on what is it about those motivations? Yeah. So get really clear and again, embrace them embrace these things and then personality so all of those assessments that we do from colby like we were talking about earlier strengths finders discs 16 personalities as many of these assessments that we can take to help us inform ourselves is really important and then also embracing the inner introvert if that's what you are you know or extrovert so some of these these areas and then finally strengths there are assessments like strengths finders that helps, but this is a little bit more maybe base level than that. These are those things that maybe we weren't the best at, but because we have got miles on the road, we've become extremely good at them. Mm-hmm. And they are strengths of ours. Mm-hmm. So that's the short form of temperature check, those temps. And when we can take that past, those drivers, and we can connect them to our temperature check and then the third so that future i talk about core values the priorities the legacy you're looking for the message you want to share and the community you want to serve Mm. all of those comprise purpose and that's the definition i use to get us in a place and i metaphor in the book is a backpack so all of that you stuff it in your backpack and when you start you have overpacked and so you have to start the journey Right. Some of that stuff's not going to make the journey, but you got to start, take the first step. And so that's how temperature check plays into purpose. I love it. It's so great. And the book is really, when I talked about a care package earlier, it really is this guide. It's a map, it's a guide, but it feels like a very caring, nurturing one. You've written it in a very accessible, lots of stories, you know, metaphors. It's just very real, which is the only kind of book I would read. Just saying. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So it's, just want to recap what temps means. Yeah, yeah. So talents, experiences, motivation, personality, and strengths. Yes, right. that's it. It's interesting, and I find this as someone who, a lot of responsibility, lots of my plate, lots of life experiences, 31 years at coach, longer than that working. Yeah. At this point, I'm like, oh, I'm how old now? <laughs> <laughs> that happened. There's a lot there. And we rarely stop. We, one of the concepts, and I want to do a podcast on this, which is keep current with yourself, you know, catch up to yourself. Because a lot of us don't. And what you're talking about with this temperature check is doing a current inventory. And we don't. I mean, people who are successful and have a lot of responsibility and accountability, we don't tend to stop very often, at least not on this scale. 
Coach does some of that. EOS does some of that. But really just doing this whole me inventory, that's not something most of us do on an, any regular basis. What a great thing for a clarity break <laughs> or several. It's a great. And Shannon, you are absolutely right. The different stages of life, you're going to have different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Again, that's why that backpack changes. That's why those things. He probably wouldn't be happy with me. So I won't give him the specifics on it. Spencer, my 22-year-old, he's... He has this interview coming up, and then and I know they, they use core values. And so, you know what, Spence, we needed to go through a core value exercise. And the core values that he came up with are the core values that a 22-year-old yeah. often is going to come up with. Mm-hmm. And then I showed him a list of some of the core values that I work with in some of the teams. And he's like, is this for real, Dad? Like, is this like, you know, I go, maybe not for you for right now, Spencer, but this is that journey. Mm-hmm. Embrace the ones that you have, but know that they're likely to evolve. And so we have to check in with it. We spend often more time planning for a vacation than we do planning for our own well-being, right? Our own mental health. So great clarity break topic. So true. Because, well, first of all, external things are much more clear and certain than our internal reality. <laughs> that looks hard mm-hmm. sometimes. So I, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Not that I'm any good at planning a trips because <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. So I love that real clarity on how to figure out your purpose. And again, this is one of those books you want to sit down with a, a workbook. <laughs> no, bad. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So you have some other, and you've talked about profiles, which I love because I'm a big fan and you and I are both, you know, kindred spirits on that. And just one thing on them for me, why they're so useful. Some people get worried that they're going to get boxed in. I'm like, no, we are so multidimensional. It's ridiculous. But it's often very challenging to find language, to find words to describe it. What the profiles give you is which words are the most useful. So one of our profiles is really fun. It's called Print. It's from the Paul Hertz Group. Yeah. Great for information, by the way. It's great because we'll read out our list of five things, you know, before a workshop, everyone in the group, Dan included, was his idea actually to say, okay, this is how I'm going to show up in best self today. (laughs) And the things that are on my list are completely different than the things on Eleanor's list. She has things like dependable. Mm -hmm. I have things like charismatic. (laughs) 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 I laugh out loud every single time because I'm like, none of her words are on my list and none of my words are on her list. Right. But that language that's common is so vital. Like it's consistent between different people. I find that just huge. So thank you for that. But I want to make sure that we have a few moments to talk about the six essentials. Mm -hmm. We'll have time probably only to dive into one or two of them. But can you say what they are? And then we'll pick two that are your favorite today. Because there's a lot there. Because I think they're all really important ideas to touch on. Some of which we think we know, but when you put them all together, it's like you need all of them. Yeah, because one thing you said, I think it bears just a quick little note on those profiles. They also give us permission to be who we are. Yes. Right. And so that's so important. That can be validating, confidence building, all of the things that strategic coaches, we go through that, you know, the four C's, for example, it's confidence building. It gives us permission. So I just wanted to add that's really important. The six essentials. This has come from all the best laid intentions, what happens? What happens when someone is so, we set our goals and I'm going to do this and whatever it might be, it could be weight loss. It could be spending some time with a family member. It could be whatever it is. It could be our food that we put in our bodies. So for whatever reason, we have a heck of a time, many of us following through, regardless of our follow through on Colby, 
<laughs> well, how high are the stakes? If we feel we've got a pretty good handle on our purpose, and we know that's the path towards everything we talked about earlier in finding that light, finding that place that fills you up, that place of fulfillment, how important is it that we don't fall short of it or that we somehow see it, but yet we can't start to move in a direction of actually realizing it. Mm -hmm. It can almost have the opposite effect, forget it. Unfortunately, I think the self-help industry is rife with all of this and somewhat temporary fixes. You can feel good for a moment until, you know, as Mike Tyson says, your game plan goes out the window. You have a game plan until you get punched in the face, right? So the six essentials are there to keep you on track. They are the guiding mechanism. So the six are, and imagine purpose at the center, okay? And surround your purpose are your guardrails, These are what's going to keep you on track. Mm -hmm. Tending to your mind, Mm -hmm. your body, your soul, Mm -hmm. tricky one soul, your nutrition, Mm -hmm. money, and relationships. And within each of those six, there are some subcomponents. And I follow, definitely followed along with Colby with the mind side of it. Shannon, that made just so much sense to me. The thinking, feeling, doing. And there's a connection to soul there, by the way. There's our spirited mind, there's our appetite, and there's our logical or rational. Same connection there, but it's coming from a different place. Ultimately, with the six essentials that I have found is they work to balance each other. Mm -hmm. And if one of them is not as strong as it can be, all of our best intentions, we're not going to quite be able to get as far as we could if all of them were. And we often tend to neglect them. I won't even call it the weaker ones, but I'll call it the scarier ones. Oh, tell me about the scarier ones. That sounds fascinating. So, and everyone's going to be different on this, where their demons lie, so to speak, or where that they just can't get over that hump. And it could be related to the mind where someone can't get out of their own head. They just can't get out of their head. So they're just, well, then that's just me right? And they kind of, you know, just neglect it. Challenges with nutrition, just eating properly or paying attention to the things we're putting in our mouths and having the right frame of mind. They tend to be these vices that we fall back into. Another assessment are these saboteurs, positive intelligence. And if something's not going as well as we'd like it to go, our reaction is often... I'll use alcohol as an example. Alcohol can be used as, I'm just going to have a couple glasses of wine. Right? If it was a tough day, I'm going to have a couple glasses of wine. Where maybe the thing that we actually needed to do was get out and go for a walk, get out and you know, go do something. So we kind of sabotage ourselves. And so some of these scarier ones are the ones that we are challenged in. I find many of us, and when I say us, I mean high achievers, we tend to... Our strengths compensate for our weaknesses. Yes. And so we can absolutely still perform well. We can still operate at a high level. We can still show up as being, again, to everybody else, very, very put together. Yeah. Invariably, there's something going on because this is life. I'll use a strategic coach example for a scary thing for me right now. 
So one of the first coach sessions with Dan was talking about growing and the people around you. And they have a choice, or you have a choice, rather. You are going to grow, and they are going to grow with you if they choose, or they are going to choose not to grow, and you are going to choose not to grow because you do not you know, want to move without them. And these could be people very close in your life. Yeah. I have a friendship right now that in the first couple of years with Coach and in doing this work was absolutely fueling a lot of you know what I needed. And this is the relationship essential. And over the past six to eight months, despite my best efforts of trying to keep this friendship where I would like it to be, I don't think he's interested in it. And that's a scary place to be. So either I just ignore it, think about it, dwell on it, worry about it, or I address it head on and be prepared to say, hey, I love you, but this is where I'm going. I'd love it if you joined me. Yeah. Scary. Thank you again for sharing that because I think a lot of people, I know I can relate to that. I can relate to some friends I've fired because we didn't share the same values, which is a very odd thing to say. No, we don't normally fire our friends. (laughs) But it can be tough when you end up leaving people behind and you feel that sense of loss. They probably feel it too from a different mindset, I would imagine, or just confused, if not resentful. Yeah, It's really interesting. So that's a key point. So thank you, Gap Relationships. First of all, those six are just spot on. Like it's plates spinning in the air, right? We have to keep them all going. (laughs) (laughs) trying to keep them going our strengths do cover it but per print and clifton strengths and others any strengths taken to an extreme becomes a weakness and so we Mm -hmm. overcompensate and we don't actually sometimes do the work necessary to handle our relationships or our relationship with money or whatever it might be or the soul part which i'm sure is another question mark for some people Uh i think that's profound Oh my gosh. Well, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but this has just been such a great conversation. So is there any last thing that you want people to know about the book? You know, who is it totally a right fit for, or who should you get it for? If you know someone who's looking at that particular angle, what are your kind of closing thoughts on this? So Shannon, this has been interesting. What I've seen over the last three months since the book has been released, I've really seen it starting to resonate with leaders that want to develop. So working on getting to the next level. Now, whether that's either the, you know, the leader at the top of the leaderboard, right? That owner, that entrepreneur, that CEO that's looking to grow still, regardless of the successes they've had behind them, or that next generation that is looking to grow. So I would say this is for anyone that identifies as a high achiever, you are motivated, you are looking to grow, but you know that maybe the advice you've been given, where you've learned in school or what you're seeing on TikTok is not maybe as helpful as you hoped it would be. I think that would be a great audience. Or for anyone out there that knows someone in their life that's maybe, again, motivated, wants to achieve, but isn't sure where to start. Love it. That would be a, a, a good audience. 
I mean, if you're listening, you can't see me, but I'm like cheering as you're, as you're saying that. I was like, yes, this is my audience. So I love it. And for me, I mean, I'm going to go through it even more thoroughly because I haven't done all the exercises as I was preparing for today, but I want to do that. And it's a very thoughtful book. It helps you be thoughtful again, but in a very caring, considerate, been there, done that, you know, someone who's like a few steps ahead on the journey. So I just really appreciate that leadership and guidance that you're providing. And again, in a very caring, compassionate partnership kind of way. So it's just so real and I love real. So that's awesome. Well, thank you, Ted. This has been awesome. I love all the fun that we have. Both of us were really looking forward to this conversation. So I'm glad we got it on the calendar. And just please, my advice, having read the book, go get it. It is one of those books that will be super helpful if you want to keep growing. And if you're high achiever, well, for, to my motto is grow or die. Our motto at Coach is always be growing. Yep. And our motto inside our team is grow or go. <laughs> so, <laughs> totally in with all of uh, I'm going to R&D that one, Jen. I'm ripping off and duplicating that Totally. One. I love it. It's, it's, <laughs> but it's true. So again, thank you for yeah. writing such a great how-to care manual for high achievers because I don't think sometimes we get that many. I just appreciate all the wisdom and the care and the also validating that it's okay to have your soul be happy as you're high achieving. You don't have to have one or the other, you can have both. And I think that's a very powerful message. You know, you can always do things, as you say, that brightens your soul. So thank you, Ted, this has been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank you, Shannon. And I really enjoyed this. I always enjoy our conversations and Absolutely, Strategic Coach has been a big, big part of why I was able to get this book out there. So thanks so much for your kind words. My pleasure. If anyone wants to get in touch with you or ask you more questions, how can they do that? How can they get a hold of you or get a hold of Ted? Ted, yeah. So www.tedbradshaw.com is going to be the easiest way. My socials are on there, but I think I'm on all the socials, Ted Bradshaw as well. So you should be able to find me pretty easily that way. Just the name. Yeah. Nice to have your own website. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you yeah. grabbed that URL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, Ted. Well, listen, thank you so much. Love our teamwork and partnership always, and can't wait to see you at the next workshop. Me too, Shannon. Thanks so much. 